the Alien Saga podcast with your hosts, Jane Prater and Ryan Seed. Perfect Organism is the only exclusive alien podcast of its kind with our official discussion group, the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin. Check it out. Independently targeting particle beam failings. Fry half the city with this puppy. We got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Was there an alien on board? Yes. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Yo! Stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found them. They're alive? Unknown. It looks like all of them. Over at the processing station. Sub-level three, under the main cooling towers. Looks like a goddamn town meeting. Let's saddle up, Apon. Aye, sir. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is our second official roundtable. I am your host, J.M. Prater. I am joined by Ryan Zaid. I am joined by Michael McCulloch. And I'm joined by Dave Gogol. Our, and we are our, kind of our official roundtable. And this is, uh, yeah, so we're doing this again. And there's a lot to discuss. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show and doing this again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, yep, yep. So the big news today, uh, and this kind of is still is a leak. Like, uh, A V P Galaxy published this, and I was up at like one in the morning. I don't know why I had to be up at three. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was I was uh, messaging with Aaron Percival, who's the site runner and page runner for A V P Galaxy, and he's like, "Hey, there's a leak. I almost forgot about. It. You want to see it?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and so he showed it to me. Let me think about that, yes. And they leaked it, and it's on the AVP Galaxy site, but Fox has not officially released it yet, which is interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of leave the floor for you guys and tell me what you guys thought about what you saw. I thought it was really cool. It was like one of those um, behind-the-scenes things. You get almost like in a, in a Blu-ray. It gave a little, a little insight, and it was... The first time in a while, I, at least that I can remember, Ridley really um, talking about and uh, going into a little detail about Prometheus. It's almost like he was disowning it in the last uh, the last couple of years. I thought it was good. It just, you know, it was like a hodgepodge of um, scenes we've seen before with a couple little new things with um, Walter and Wayland. It was good. Mm -hmm. It was good. <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was the most interesting part to me, seeing... Uh, I'm so glad they didn't do the really old, bad, really old age makeup. Oh, on thank a, God. <laughs> Guy Pierce. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they did age him a little bit, but it looked way better. Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, b besides that, I just, I'm really looking forward just to that conversation in the film um, yes. that he has with David. And uh, I think it's going to really, um, I'd probably, I'll probably be in the beginning of the film, I'm thinking. Um, and I think yeah, I'm thinking too. A lot of the themes um, carried over from Prometheus, and a lot of the themes in Covenant will be um, kind of integral into that conversation. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's they're big questions, you know, where where do we come from? You know, um, something that you know a, a robot just coming into existence, um, like an AI 
you know, robot <gasps> um, would probably probably ask, you know, what? Well, you made me, then who made you? Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of the big philosophical questions, you know, that humanity has. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how it plays out in the film. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Michael, what do you think? <laughs> um, well, let's see. I watched it a half dozen times. That's not enough. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, I have so many questions. And and not in a bad way, just like, just, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to because I watched it, and it was cool to hear, like, you know, Fassbender talk about, you know, saying, oh, it's going to be as gritty and dark as Alien was. Yeah, I like that, too. You know, and then, and then of course, Ridley. Now, like everybody said, you know, oh, Ridley said Prometheus was going to be scary. But the way he said it was awesome because he's like, it's going to scare the shit out of people. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that, and coming from the guy who made Alien, I mean, you know, that kind of, you know, you, you get good vibes about that. But I picked up on so many things in that, just a little couple clips that I'm like, how did I miss this before? What does this have to do with it? Now I'm all messed up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, the hype train is is in full full motion. So I'm 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 digging it. Yeah. Could, could, you know, maybe I misspoke before. Could it have been David in the beginning? Could it have been him and Waylon talking? Yeah, that was weird. Me too, because his hair was different color. Although David's hair was dark yeah. too. David dyed his hair blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was. It was David. I, he had the British. Yeah, know, that's what I thought. English okay. Um, so it was definitely, definitely him. But I guess they probably started out, well, because you see David um, coloring his hair at the beginning of Prometheus. Um, so he yeah, actually, so. so I think they naturally, like Walter, that's kind of the natural hair, I guess, of the uh, that model. Although Walter's a little bit more advanced model, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was David and Wayland. Okay. Because uh, yeah. those two philosophizing would be a cool way to start the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, to, to be honest with you, I, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how that scene turns out because I think, uh, and I, I just it was a little bit on the nose. Well, who made you? Uh, it was a little bit too Prometheus for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like on the nose. I like kind of, um, but whatever. That, that's a kind of a minor, a minor nitpick on my. On my on my behalf, just in terms of what I saw, the I think the featurette looks it's, great. Um, it's it's what you choose to believe. It's what I choose to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. No, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> um, no, actually, I'm tracking with you. I, I was even though I enjoyed it, I was still thinking the same thing. I mean, I was like, man, that was really just like that's almost like when the uh, Idris Elba's character came in from the <laughs> came into Shaw. He's like, dude, this is like a bio weapons, like station. <laughs> it's like, man, he just nailed it. Right I just there. read their manifest in their language. Joe. <laughs> yeah. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It was, boom. There it is. Like, um, so yeah, I was kind of maybe on a little too on the nose. I don't know if it's going to play out just like that. The film, it might, I don't know, but however, um, but, how, however, sorry to cut you off. Uh, I will say the androids are, they're kind of childlike in some way. So he's asking a very childlike question. So I can kind of give that some space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair. It's different when like in Prometheus where you have like Shaw saying what is what I choose to believe or Shaw has a few of those lines and she's a, a yeah. real person and they sound kind of like, 
I'm asking for the audience, wink, wink, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I mean, again, I, as I as we talk about it, I, I, I can handle that a little bit more because he is, he's learning. He's new. Um, he is a creation of us. And much like yeah. our children do, they're like, what's this for, Dad? This is for doing yeah. this. Oh, okay, thank you, you know. Yeah, yep, right. Why was it wrong to hurt that person? Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, just a great featurette overall, I thought. Um, and yeah. uh, so it's uh, and it show. I mean, it ties uh, right back. Um, it really shows that this movie is going to be. Yeah, there is a lot of. Uh, it's going to bring back a lot of the familiar tropes from the from the Alien films and series, but it's definitely heavily tied into Prometheus still. Yes. Um, and it's still going to expand on that mythology and those ideas that were presented, um, but uh, but it's bringing back um, obviously the the aliens, the Xenos, and it's going to be. Uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the best of both worlds. So um, yeah, that would be um, obviously the ideal situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And there's some yeah. some some things in that featurette too that really I think piqued all of our interest. Uh, Mother is speaking to Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother also sounds like Sigourney Weaver. Um, sounds just like mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver's voice. Um, there's a there's a few clips of uh, or one clip where it looks like Ridley Scott's on the set and there's neomorphs or neomorph heads kind of mm. laying around or whatever. Yeah, on the table. Yeah, uh, which I kind of paused um, just to kind of get a glimpse of. Um, I, I don't know if they're aborted <laughs> versions or what, um, but I thought that was very cool. But the, certainly the mother aspect, um, I love that they brought that back. I know. I, I didn't actually didn't even think of that when when the per, when the woman voice came on, like, oh, it sounded like Sigourney Weaver. But now that you mention it, um, actually, you and Dave, I think, pointed out in our messenger feed, but uh, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like wait a minute. I'm like, rewind. Yeah. I'm like, hold on one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone on the bulletin, the Wayland Utani bulletin, said that it sounded like Sigourney Weaver first. Or was that you, Dave? I can't remember. That was not I. Okay. Um, mm. And I I was like, wait a minute. And I, like Michael, I was like, uh, <laughs> went back and watched it a bunch of times. I was like, yeah, it does. Although, if we talk about it, it doesn't make any sense even if they would use her. I, yeah. I, yeah. It, it does sound a lot like her, but um, Sigourney Weaver does have a kind of a, a monotone about her. She has a very... Yeah, um, very. She, does, she doesn't have the classic kind of uh, female voice. She's not like, hi, Jennifer. You know, like she's not like... Yeah. She doesn't speak like that. She's a very... No. Um, she's a very forthright speaker. And I think there's a similarity between the way Mother sounds... And although the mother, the way mother sounded in Alien, um, was also, I mean, it was identifiably a woman, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. And but it also wasn't identifiably Sigourney Weaver's voice. This voice does sound a lot like Sigourney Weaver's voice. And I think we're talking about it because there's this idea that uh, Covenant is going to link up to Ripley. Ridley Scott even right. said that a year or so ago that Covenant would link up exactly to some degree with Ripley. Right, yeah. I wonder how that voice, if that really is supposed to be Ripley's voice, I wonder how that would tie in. Yeah. Um, exact, you know, how that, unless, you know, Sigourney, tur- or it's, it turns out Ellen Ripley is some kind of synthetic um, 
synthetic, you know, creation. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to yeah. be how it turns out. But. Doesn't really doesn't really add up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not at all. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And what's interesting too, and just no, kind of, we can just delete that part. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's interesting too? Sorry, is everyone that, listening. Like, that was really stupid. <laughs> oh, Ryan, I want to say something right now, but I can't. Fan fiction over there. <laughs> yeah, man. I really can't say what I have to say right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, the how much they in that feature how much they talk about uh, Prometheus. And I was kind of like, "Whoa, why are you talking about this movie?" And uh, <laughs> not that like we've we had our, we've had our discussions. We all know that you know I have a love and appreciation for the film, uh, not as much maybe as you three do, but uh, I, but we all know the film had problems. But I, it, it was like you said, Michael, it was kind of a a bit of a turnaround for. It seemed like Ridley Scott has been distancing himself from Prometheus, but I think at the same time though, this is the next film after Prometheus, so they gotta have they gotta kind of reconnect it a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it was almost like a little, little refresher course. Like, listen, I know you guys didn't like the movie, so this is kind of what happened, and this is where we're going. Yeah. Well, well, I guess, I guess it's kind of not like, I guess it's not spoilers, because I mean, most of us and pretty much, well, probably thousands of people saw that trip that today. But like, they're, like, just the small things that I caught in it, because you know, he 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 talked about you know the connection where this is ten years later, you know, from Prometheus, and you know, Sean David took off. Did anybody catch in the beginning of that when it's the second part? You see the juggernaut coming out of, I don't know if that would be like hyperspace and like actually coming down through the clouds. Yes, I saw that. I I couldn't remember if that was a scene from Prometheus, but I'm like, I don't remember ever seeing this. Yeah, we saw it take off into the clouds, but we didn't see the yeah. Yeah. of that. Um, because it actually looks like almost like it comes out like from a jump and then it comes right down in through the clouds. I, yeah. I saw that one. I was like, yeah. Okay, that started bringing up questions, mm-hmm. and then uh, the only other thing I thought was really cool, and, I, and they've had it a couple times now in some of the trailers, but the part where they're coming down on the uh, the ship and Tennessee's driving, and and Daniel is sliding all over. The coolest thing is the this is the xenomorph hanging underneath. Yeah. Have you guys caught that? Where I did. Yeah. Underneath the belly, that's insane. I have to catch that. I have to watch that again. <coughs> I miss that. Yeah, the too. whole time that she's like kind of hanging on the on the metal cable, and he and the whole ship's going back. Forth, look at the belly of the ship because of the xenomorphs actually crawling along the belly. Oh, okay. Yes, because that somehow that's where that whole plays into. But I didn't catch it, and somebody on the bulletin had said, you know, hey, did anybody catch it? So of course, for the third or fourth time, I went back through and <laughs> you know rewound it and paused it, rewound it, paused it. Yep, there it is. It, it's just a cool scene because it's it's completely upside down walking. Yeah. Yeah. Did any of you guys notice that uh, Walter has a scar on his face? Uh, Towards the end of the feature, no, yeah. Oh, when yeah, when she she is that when she asked him if the if the uh, how does she say it if the not the creature is on board if the where is what she says Daniel says where's the unidentified organism or whatever yeah and yeah Um, on his left hand on his left cheek he has a scar down yeah I think maybe the the um, face hugger tried him first Um, oh just just a theory I don't know. Maybe the facehuggers know instinctively that's not a living thing. Um, but we also yeah. don't know um, if the AIs in the alien universe, are they organic or are they, or are they uh, like synthetic? Um, whereas with Blade Runner, they're organic and synthetic. 
So remember in Blade Runner, um, uh, Roy Batty Roy, Roy Batty says, "We're not computers, Sebastian. We're flesh and blood," um, because they're they've been engineered. Um, mm-hmm. um, but they're of course they're not all. They are replicants. They're not you know they're not human. Um, right. So I'm just curious how that works. Um, was does the xenomorph? Wasn't there something in the Walter little short with the little fine print something about DNA or? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's interesting too. Then, so I, I, I don't. We've never seen in an, in an alien film the alien confront. Well, except for the queen ripping ripping uh, uh, Bishop apart. You know, yeah. like get mm-hmm. the fuck out of my way. You know, <laughs> like, uh, but I've, we've never really seen a, a, a xenomorph engage. An AI, um, so that'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. Of course, we've seen clips of maybe that David is experimenting. So if he is, how do they respond to him when whatever happens happens? That's a question yeah. I have. And what if Walter is designed to be the the perfect host for these things? Oh, that's a good one. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah. mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a wrap. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I, I like that theory, though. Um, but yeah, I, I was just curious. I mean, maybe it's no big deal. But I, obviously, they put a clip of Walter with a scar on the featurette. They don't. These people who cut this shit, they don't do anything by accident. You know, Correct. everything we're seeing, they want us to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is uh, is. Is fat is Michael Fassbender in the in when he's talking in the doing the commentating that video? He had. Did you notice he has a suit on? Yes, I was just thinking the, that because I'm watching it right now in silent as we're talking. Um, <laughs> it's the same suit David was wearing. Yeah, you notice? Oh, that? good catch. Yeah, I, I caught that earlier, and I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I was trying to put stuff together because I'm thinking, okay, so he got his head ripped off in Prometheus, which Shaw mm-hmm. took. So the, his body was still on, you know, the, the, the juggernaut that they took off on. And then all of a sudden, then I'm like trying to figure out like, well, okay, how did he get piece back together? What happened? How did the, I don't know. And then my, my mind just wandered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of questions for sure. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I like, I just, I like what I'm seeing. I, well, I love what I'm seeing. I, you know, I've seen nothing to make me go, oh, shit, I don't know about this. Um, I, I, at the same time, though, for the sake of balance, I loved what I saw when Prometheus was uh, on the way, you know, um, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Um, but well, actually, no, let me take that completely back because we've seen the prologue scene of them, the last supper. Uh, and that was some really, really great character building. And, uh, these people yeah. were completely fleshed out and completely believable within four minutes. And I'd never seen any of that with Prometheus. So, uh, yeah, I think that one was, that was, that was big. That little, that little last supper short. Yeah. That helped, Absolutely. uh, Build a better world a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice, nice throwdown on that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you are on fire. Your, your brain's not that yeah. much mush. <laughs> um, so, yeah, any, any other thoughts about this? Um, yeah, not really. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the clips have been great because they've, they've, they're enough that it engages people to where we all start going, oh, man, so what's, the, you know, what we're doing right now? Yep. You know, they give you enough questions that make more questions. And yeah. it's just like, I've got to see this because the answer right now, the questions in my head are driving me nuts. Like, I just need answers because like, it just it boggles my mind. But 
I mean, all the clips have been great. What they they did the you know like pray and uh, what was it run yeah. and hide. Yeah, my Those favorite out of all of them. I mean, I loved I loved the Last Supper, but that Take Me Home one was awesome. Yeah, it was with, with the, the John Denver break. song yeah, in the background. Yeah, 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 that was such a cool. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, it's an older song, but it, like, it just perfectly fit in. It was so cool. Yeah, they're really changing things up with this, uh, with this, uh, what do you call it, uh, promotion? Um, in terms of, we're not hearing the siren. You know, that classic alien haunting siren. Mm-hmm. They're really going for something else. But I just dawned on me something that we can talk about. The first full theme to Alien Covenant. I think we've all heard it, right? Yep. Yes, it's yes. About a, a minute and 40 seconds. What are you guys' thoughts about that? I like it. Nice and nice and haunting and creepy and really kind of sets the tone for what they're seemingly trying to do. I think, I think Jamie, I think I said to you, I might have messaged you, I wasn't, wasn't sure, but the, as soon as I heard it, all I could all I could see was was it is it alien when they're uh, the beginning when they, they they first come into the ship and they're that slow go through the ship and you see the bird like going up and down the table and then it goes back to them and they're uh, like their uh, their cryo like yeah. their cryo seat that yeah. it sounds almost exactly like that not in a bad way it's like a it's like a new I don't know I don't know how to say it but that that's where it reminded me right off the bat. Yeah, like a kind of a throwback almost. Uh, although mm-hmm. I did, I I, I uh, tweeted the the music. Uh, what's his name? He's like a, not like a music coordinator, but he's working with Jed Kurzel. Jed Kurzel is the guy who is doing the score, who has done the score for for Covenant. Um, and he yeah. said um, some of the a lot of the score is based off of um, cues from Jerry Goldsmith's score. But he said, but it also goes off in a different direction, um, which I love. Sweet. I mean, you can't beat Jerry Goldsmith. Um, I was really, really disappointed for the score for um, Prometheus. It was a great score for Star Trek, but it wasn't a great score for Alien. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that uh-huh. they really bring it home. Yeah, Jed Kersel did the uh, the score for the Assassin's Creed movie. Um, that was really the only memorable thing to me about that movie. Oh, but, really? uh, <laughs> but, um, but it was really like, I remember, you know, during one of the scenes, like, man, the music is really good in this movie. And then when I found out he <laughs> the score for Alien Covenant, I was like, oh, this could work out really well. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I haven't heard that clip. I only heard that really short 10-second version. Oh, you got to hear it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in when I before I edit this. I'll I'll uh, I'll lead. I'll use it so people can hear it. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I, I think it's it's certainly worthy of being heard, and I I, I think it's promising for sure. Um, I, my the bar is high for me. I mean, you can't. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, the guy who did um, Aliens. What's his name? James uh, Horner. James Horner. Horner. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, I it was serviceable, but it really his in my opinion that soundtrack was completely lifted from Alien in 2001, and there are also elements from 2001 in Alien too. They used uh, direct riffs from 2001 in Alien, um, which is fine because it worked. Mm. Um, but uh, Horner recycled those same those same beats, and I just wasn't that impressed. And it was way more of an action well, score for me. To be fair, Horner only had... He had about half the time that composers usually have to put that score together. So he had to cannibalize a lot of his own work and 
um, borrow and rip from other people because James Cameron, this is when he first worked with James Cameron, um, first time, and he didn't get it, you know, Cameron hardly gave him any time to actually do the score. Um, actually, Horner left the project, really. He didn't ever want to work with Cameron again for really? a long time. I did not. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, because of that, and then finally they kissed and made up, and, <laughs> and they did Titanic <laughs> with them, and then, uh, you know, everything and then became a huge hit, and then he did Avatar, but yeah, now, now he's gone, sadly. Yeah. But he's one of my favorite composers ever, and I know if he got more time with the Aliens, you know, he probably would have done, you know, had a lot more original stuff with it, but, uh, but yeah, he just didn't have the time that he needed, so... He also did the score uh, for. Uh, huh, I didn't know that. Didn't he? I think he did the score for uh, Braveheart, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, just one of the best soundtracks that I own. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. So yeah, he's a talented guy. I just, it just there's something about Goldsmiths and Goldenthal, like certainly specifically Elliot Goldenthal, that haunting Alien Three score. That, oh, that I was about to say, Alien Three soundtrack is woof. Yeah, it's yeah. emotional. It takes you on a roller coaster. It it, uh, yeah. it breaks your heart. You know, it breaks you. You know, it's it's just a yeah. uh It's rare it's that gorgeous. like the only one of the other, only other soundtracks that really moves me like that is the soundtrack to Interstellar, which I think is. Fantastic, but uh, eventually we'll mm -hmm. probably have a discussion where we're talking about the soundtrack and listening to it because hopefully it'll be worthy. And I've listened to if you guys have a, a chance, the people who are listening, um, there's uh, the soundtrack to Macbeth starring Michael Fassbender, no less, another Fassbender, done by Jed Kurzel, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and it's on YouTube. It's atmospheric and profound. And uh, when I heard the score to Macbeth, I thought this is the man that can do the Alien score. Um, right. So. Check it out if you guys have some time. Um, and I think we briefly discussed this, or certainly Ryan and I discussed it, but we haven't discussed it as a roundtable, and that is, what is Awakening? And you guys know what I think. I want to know what you think. Yes. <laughs> Man, I mean, your conclusion makes the most sense, but who the hell knows anymore? <laughs> I mean, it's it just makes... If you're putting two and two together, you almost get four with Awakening being Bloomkin's project, because... The awakening being, as you know, we've discussed before, and I know Michael brought up, you know, the awakening of Ripley from Hypersleep, the awakening of you know these characters again. It just makes sense. But these days, maybe making sense makes too much sense. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it's Bloom Camp's project, as we've discussed a million times. It's just a, it's just a goddamn cash cow. I mean, the movie could be generic as anything, and we'll all see it 800 times and memorize all the lines. It You'd be happy because just seeing these characters again on screen, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it may, but who knows? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it could be an animated film. It could be a short. It could be a web series. Who I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would just yeah, be. I, I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, I mean, it would just. Yeah, I think if it went to one of those smaller mediums, I don't know. That would just. I know people are fans of you know. <laughs> comics and things like that. But that would just be so disappointing to me if they just like, oh, we'll just throw it in yeah. points. Um, you know, because that, that's that's a movie I really want to see on the big screen. Um, but, uh, but it's, I mean, yeah, we're, we, I think we'd hopefully love it, but, uh, but it has to be, that would still have to be a movie that has to be done right. Because um, just, I would be 
so disappointed if it came out. It was just just horrible, like generic, um, just another rehash of, you know, just just not original, you know. And I I, I don't know. I, I mean, one thing that uh, I think Bloom Camp would you know probably benefit from is you know other people working on the script with them. Oh um, yeah. Because visually, I mean, the guy the guy makes beautiful, you know, amazing looking movies. Um, I think just uh, script wise, I would just be I'd be a little bit concerned um, if it's just just him working on it. But uh, I feel like if they got you know James Cameron on board as like a producer or consultant, um, I mean that would be actually. And Scott's already supposed to supposed to produce it as well. I mean. That was originally supposed to be the the sequel to Aliens was uh, was or no I'm sorry the sequel to um, was it Alien Resurrection that was the original Alien Five um, was going to be Scott and Cameron working together on a movie oh, like two man. legends and, and Fox I know me and Jamie talked about it but Fox is like yeah you know forget these two yeah. legends we need to put this movie together let's do the AVP films yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This other cash uh, cow right God. here that we can just <laughs> like give them a couple million. Getting nauseous dollars. just thinking about it. They can just shit all over. I'm gonna go it drink some black goo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. What do you say, Jamie? No, I just I remember when Sigourney Weaver was talking about it. This was years ago, and she goes, "You know, um, they went they went in and they shit all over this." You know, um, and I, I it's, it's a it's a sentiment that I agree with. And obviously, we I mean uh, to be fair. Paul Anderson, isn't that his name? The director of the first AVP. Uh, yeah, it was yes. a pretty good film. I mean, it wasn't amazing. I mean, it wasn't great at all. I mean, it was serviceable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but then Requiem was just garbage. Um, oh God! I mean, not just not just as like, oh, let's do this, and now let's uh, impregnate pregnant women who are about to deliver. I mean, it got worse right. and worse and worse. Let's kill off a kid because no one does that. You know. <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, yeah. I, it just it was just it it was ever it was it was it's everything that's wrong with people who don't know how to make good sci-fi. It's tropes. Yeah. It's not um like uh substance. Good sci-fi is substance. And yeah. just like uh and you know that's been a concern of mine with Ridley Scott. We've talked about this before. Um you know, uh Michael you mentioned that uh Ridley Scott was like, "Yeah, we're going to scare the shit out of you." And he said the exact same thing with Prometheus. Now, I would I I'll give I'll say hey that scene where um, Mil- Milburn I believe is uh that snake thing that the uh, what is it called um this the pot what are they called the peed the hammer peed is wrapped oh, the, around the his hammer, neck yeah. and it's going down his throat that's fucking scary um, yeah it's mm-hmm. it really is I mean it's gross it's scary the the uh, med pod scene it is it's scary stuff for sure now mm-hmm. it didn't terrify me I wasn't terrified. Um, but he's saying the same things about Covenant that he said about Prometheus. So, uh, that gives me a little bit, it guards me a little bit, but I think that's good that I'm guarded. Um, so I just, for the sake yeah. of balance, um, but I think that there's a lot that we're seeing as, you know, as a round table, as, as fans, as a larger fan group within the Wayland yeah. Bulletin and on social media, we're seeing things that are telling us this is a different film. They're re yeah. they're engaging, um, and they're engaging us in a way and telling us things that they didn't tell us with Prometheus. Um, right. So, which gives me hope. I don't really pay much attention to what Ridley Scott says anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tends we're... to uh, just talk and not realize he's still talking. I love the guy, <laughs> but sometimes he just 
doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I mean, my, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. My my, my take on awakening, if, to be honest with you, um, I kind of think, I'm hoping, I guess you could say, I'm hoping that we are kind of like following Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs. Whereas, you know, if you look the way the things have gone recently, each now Blamcomp came out the other day, and I think he had a tweet, and it had something that he in his tweet he said something about um, you know I had something I had something planned and it would involve eggs and slime. Yes. Okay, so he did this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we had the thing before where Scott was you know talking in an interview and supposedly slipped up and let the whole thing you know started talking about awakening and then they had to quit come in and hush hush and do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just I I'm holding on to this hope. That it is Blancomp's, uh, it's, it's his movie, yeah. and I'm hoping that they're putting these little things here to see if people start, it starts like some hype. You know, like, oh, okay, what's going on? If they make that movie, I'm telling you right now, it could be absolute garbage, and I will probably sell a kidney to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I don't, that, Aliens is where, that's where I started. That's my, my original. So to see, Newt, you know, grown up to see Hicks again, to see Ripley again. Like to me, that's my ultimate. Yeah. You know, those are the those are the, those were my like my family members when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. those are who I grew up with. You know, unfortunately, you know Hudson. You know that whole group that was like that was my childhood. So to be able to even have the glimmer of hope that I might get to see those three characters on the screen again. Yeah, I'm telling you, there. You know, black market organs would be getting sold because I'll tell you what, I would be in line just purchasing tickets after tickets. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe for me, that's yeah. just why. You know, maybe in my head, I'm like, you know, I want to tell myself this is going to happen, just because, yeah. like, you know, it, it was it was a big part of me. That was you know, yeah. that was me when I was a kid. So yeah, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's like this idea, and I for me uh, certainly like the idea of seeing Ripley again. Um, and it's not the Ripley from Alien Three. It's because that kind of is the, would become an alternate reality. It's the Ripley we left from Aliens, and that Ripley we left from Aliens is kind of like a mom, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. It's, it's seeing our sci-fi mom again. Um, mm-hmm. But Blomkamp, if this happens, has an incredible mountain. It cannot be a serviceable, serviceable <laughs> film. Blackhand's project has to be powerful. It has to be amazing. And if it's yeah. just serviceable, already we're going to go in the theater because Hicks, Ripley, Newt. Yes, we're there. But it's got to mm-hmm. be more than that. It's got to be more than those just those characters. It's got to, Ripley has got to have an arc that we really believe. Um, we've, they, they've got to explain why she's older, you know, which Awakening kind of does. It makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to show me my sci-fi mom again, you better fucking treat her right, you know? Especially after all this hype. Yeah. I mean, yeah. from the Instagram photo to him positioning Fox to do it, to all of us wanting it, to then the, the petition to get him to do it. I mean, woof, you yeah. don't come through, man. I'm throwing a face hug right at you. Yeah. <laughs> those the, those drawings that the drawings that they put out, like just that were I guess just oh, man. ideas, were insane. Yeah. Like yeah. they were they were so cool. Yeah. And like yeah, the thing was the sad thing you could just look at them. Oh yeah, you could look at him and you could in your head you're going, hmm, how could this be a story? Yeah, like yeah. What, you know, you're like you're putting the pieces on the ch- on the you know, on the chessboard. You're already setting stuff up, going, okay, this is where this could come in. 
But if mm-hmm. this happens, this and it was just it was a whirlwind. It really was. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I, but I agree with you, I, Jamie. That she is to you know most of us '80s kids. Sigourney Weaver was the 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 female badass. Yeah. Like she was our. You know, I mean, I guess the only other person that I know when I grew up would have been, I guess, would be Sarah Connor. Yeah. You know, right. from the from the Terminator. But yeah. I mean, you know, Ripley was just hands down everybody. You know, and, well today, look, I mean, R- Ripley, Ripley was name. their mother. Ripley was Sarah Connor's mother. Totally. You know, Ripley would eat. Yeah. Sarah Buffy's Connor mother. You know, everyone else's <laughs> mother who they try to be. You know. It's it's all Ripley. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she's got to be, and I, you know, I think she's a difficult <laughs> character to write because, and Sigourney Weaver has also said this as well. She's a difficult character to write, and uh, in Alien Resurrection, even though it was a different, it was a different version of Ripley. The cardinal sin, and I've talked about this before, and I'm kind of repeat myself just a little bit, just in context. In Alien Resurrection, the cardinal sin was you brought Ripley back. That's great. What did she do? Nothing. She was useless. Yeah. One-liners, was just, yeah. one-liners, one-liners, one-liners. Yeah. Hey, come with us. Okay, sure. Who are you? Oh, I, I used to, you know, just whatever. Um, she made it sweet behind the back shot, though, in that back <laughs> yeah, she did, though. She did. <laughs> she did. Um, so if they're going to bring her back for Blomkamp's film, she's got to really be important. She's got to be integral to, you know, she's got to do something. And, I, you know, I, again, I'll, I'll, I'll pivot to a little bit of uh, – What's her name? Um, Princess Leia, who's more like a sci-fi sister to all of us. Um, yeah. Of sci-fi mm-hmm. big sister. And uh, in uh, A New Hope, she was important. She was integral. And in Empire Strikes Back, she started slipping a little bit. She was there, but we weren't really sure what she was doing, but she was there. And she had some great yeah. tension with Han Solo, and you know she was taken captive, a little bit of a damsel in distress. She started to become a damsel in distress. By Jedi, here she is, full damsel in distress, barely clothed. She, she became this just this eye candy, and it really did a disservice to who Leia was. Um, you know, she yeah. kind of made up for it. She killed Jabba, whatever. Um, but I felt like they didn't know what to do with her. They didn't know how to write her. Um, yeah. And uh, that's a dangerous thing for Ripley. Uh, Blomkamp, he's a fanboy just like us. So if he's gonna, if he, there's a script out there so far, so that that we know of, Ripley better be really important. She better do things that we can really believe that she's gonna do. You know. Yeah. So I know um, with the behind the scenes and uh, for Aliens on the for everyone has, I'm sure everyone has either the DVD or Blu-ray box set. Probably watch those. Um, actually, I think some of the best behind the scenes. Um, you know, featurettes I've ever seen for any film. Um, but uh, but Sigourney talks about how uh, you know, besides James Cameron, only uh, David Geiler and Walter Hill um, yes. really know write Sigourney know how to write Ripley. Yeah. Uh, well, and they're always involved in these films. So I know. Um, I know they'll have. You know, if, if Awakening is uh, Bloom Camp's film, they're going to have a lot of script input. Um, how to? Yes. Because I think yes. I think they feel the same way. They don't they don't want just Bloom Camp to throw. You know, just have these names in there again. Um, you know, they these characters mean something to a lot of people. They mean something to us. They're important. You know, uh, yeah. they're valuable. Yeah. And we don't want to see them treated you know, improperly or treat them treated poorly or just written poorly. Um, cause that's, I don't, I don't want them to go. I don't want them to go out like that. That's just, uh, 
that'd be that'd be devastating. I'll just and no one no one listening would want that. Um, so it's it's important that they they get it right. You know, it's going to be hard to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, they have to really have to try their best. You know, we don't want to see just another you know just dumbed down film. Um, you know, especially a follow up to you know one of the best sci-fi action films of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Because if Fox is going to make an exception and say, okay, we're going to go with this guy, we're going to go with this guy who's had two flops recently, <laughs> Chappie and Elysium, yeah. which are films that I highly respect, even though the stories had some issues for sure. Right. I respect him as an auteur. I expect, respect him as a, as a visionary. He is, he is a, a, a visionary. He is a, he, I look at um, Blomkamp's, Aesthetic, the same way I see Sid Mead. He has an aesthetic that is singular to him. Um, yeah. And you can't say that about a lot of people. Like, uh, I don't like I, the people who's who's done some of the the set design for Prometheus, or mm-hmm. which was cool, but they threw back to a lot of Ron Cobb and Sid Mead stuff. Um, yeah. Whereas Blumkamp has his own aesthetic, and it's highly identifiable. And you can watch Chappie. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Watch, oh, yeah, you can watch Chappie, and you can see Elysium, oh. and know Blumkamp had something to do with this. Um so, but I think also, I'm um, kind of losing track a little bit, but uh, to what you were saying, Ryan, I think you can't resurrect Ripley and throw a, a, another gun in her hand and say, okay, be right. a badass. I, that's not, we've seen Ripley right. do that. We don't right. need to see her do that again. In fact, I think the brilliance of Alien 3 was Ripley was stripped of all that. She was stripped of everything. I mean, including yeah. her hair. She was stripped of her life. She was stripped of people she loved, Newton Hicks. She had nothing. It was just her and her hands and fire. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and the character had you know depth, and you know, you it was more than just like you said, a badass with a gun, like hey, hey, I'm shooting all these you know, aliens and bad guys. It was there was you know, meaning and you know, heart and soul to it, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't see Ripley as a badass either, I see Ripley as a full character, I see Ripley as 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 um layered and interesting as. I don't know, um, some other character, I don't know, Luke Skywalker or something. I mean, very different, obviously, but she's very layered and interesting. There's a lot going on in her head. Yes. Um, so she's not just, I know kind of the go-to images for Ripley are aliens, you know, pulse rifle, shooting up the queen in the, you know, right. in the, uh, the power the elevator. Lever. And that's cool shit for sure. But we've seen her do that before. But I, I yeah. think Blomkamp is a smart guy, you know. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll, well, go ahead. Well, no, I think I know what you're trying to. I know you're, where you're trying to come up with that. It, it's funny because she's she is her character is the perfect mix because okay, so I know I always go back to aliens, but I guess that's the only one I think of. So she has Newt. Or she sees Newt. She gets Newt. She cleans her up. She becomes a mother. She's soft. She takes care of her. She cares about her and all everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then with the flip of a switch. She tells everybody, you know what? Everybody just shut up and follow me. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so yep. neat because she can go from like that real sensitive and, and caring, but at the same time she can switch it over and she takes, I mean, she took over literally had Marines following her. Yeah. I mean, she didn't she even just say like, follow me. They just did it. Yeah. They just did it. She so commanded like it. She is, she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the perfect character because she has, you figure she has, she's almost like she has mother side on one side and a father side on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can go from, you know, apple pie to, you know, full steam ahead. And it's just, it's amazing. It's just, that's yeah. her character. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, she, even an alien, that's how she was an alien. She was kind of, 
you know, what was she was uh was she the science she was a science officer? Uh warrant officer? Yeah, warrant officer. My mind's fried. Yeah. Yeah. But she was that and she was kind of just going along and you know, on the ship and everything like that. And then all of a sudden when everything happened, all of a sudden she's she's running through and she's setting the self-destruct and she's doing this and like it was just like she flipped. Her switch was it's just amazing character. It is. And even in Aliens, too, you see after they wake her up and she's at Gateway and she's in her apartment and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's soaked in sweat and she's kind yeah. of screaming. She's holding the, her chest because she's having a kind of a chest-bursting dream, you know. Um, it's mm. showing her really vulnerable and haunted by this horror that she's experienced, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it shows everything where she can be vulnerable. She's lost a daughter in the special edition, you know. Um, and yeah. what that means and how that propels her and fuels her. And like you said, Michael, she's able to be soft and then flip around and said it was Burke and then confront him about it, you know. Um, I, I just, she's just the best character, one of the best characters I've ever seen in an action sci-fi film ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it was all very natural and smoothly done. Nothing was pushed on us. It just happened within the story, within the... Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That, totally. It just must. It just must be Sigourney Weaver. I, I mean, it, that's just you know maybe that's just who she her. Is. That's how she does. I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy. Um. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an it's, awful it's, actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the best. So, yeah. I love the I love the uh, you know the homage to her and uh, <laughs> you. Know, I would never have thought that she would appear or that she would be referenced in uh, that finding Dory. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> that was one of like the funniest parts, just like her voice. And then, uh, you know, Dory's constantly like, sort of Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver. But I think for, I, I mean, I had to make all of us, you know, alien fans oh, smile, totally. you know, hear that. So, um, but she, she's iconic. Um, you know, she's uh, in Dutch's alien films. I mean, just, you know, I, she's just, uh, she's wonderful. I mean, I'd, I'd watch anything that she's in. She's uh, some about her. She's not just a great actress. She's just so captivating yes. to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they, and yeah, the, like you said, Jamie, you know, with resurrection, you, you can't put, a great character of Ripley and Sigourney Weaver out there and give her nothing to do. Like you, I mean, she's, she's just one of the best and, you know, she has to be treated right. And, you know, if, if awake, if this is, you know, if awakening is Bloom Camp's film and this is, you know, her finally going out, I mean, it has to be done, done really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they got to put in the time and, and the love and care it, it needs. And, uh, I think they will. Um, and, I, you know, seeing and going back to Covenant, I mean, the way from everything I've seen and heard, it looks like that they they've real realized, you know, where they've gone wrong before in this in the series and that they're riding the ship and they're, um, you know, they're going they're doing what uh, needs to be done. And uh, I really feel like the right people are in place, the right writers, you know, crew cast everything you know they they're finally they're finally uh bringing it back and giving us what uh you're gonna give us i i really feel like the a great series again so yeah yeah i agree um which well, my, can, my, okay. oh go ahead go ahead well my question to you guys was so so we were talking about awakening everything so by some chance 
if this happens out that it's not what we think it is. Mm -hmm. So when he talked about it in that, that interview, he said that it was going to be going back, back to what happened between Prometheus and Covenant. Am, am I correct on that? He didn't usually, um, he didn't use those specific terms. He goes, so he goes, the next film isn't going to be, um, the next film isn't going to be the sequel to Prometheus. Uh, we're not doing that. The next film is going to be between Prometheus and Covenant. Now you can take that a couple of ways. So does that mean it's literally between them in terms of the timeline or Blomkamp's film is between the films? Uh, like, okay. I, that, that's, I don't know. I don't know. That makes, that makes sense. I just couldn't understand why, you know, not only one, okay. If, if you've come that far now, you, you know, you had Prometheus it didn't really do too well. Not people didn't take it too well. And I mean, it did well, but people didn't really receive it very well. Okay, so now you have Covenant coming up, and now you're the train is steaming ahead, and like people are getting involved, and like this is what we wanted, and this is like, and then mm -hmm. to totally stop, and then to go back. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand. Yeah, it does. That's why. Yeah. That's why I think what you're saying, Jamie. I think that's when he how that he said it, like you just said it. You know, it might not be between them time wise, but it's the movie. You know what I mean? I yeah. just I, I can't understand why when he's he's finally building steam. I, I I just personally I don't know if I would want to see that film. Like you know if it if it you know is is kind of an in betweener because if I see what I'm seeing now and I'm thinking man I gotta get more of this I don't want to go back. It doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense like why okay so he says in the featurette this is ten years after Prometheus oh okay oh but then we're doing yeah. this and then we're why would they plausibly do that now and I want to kind of give a little bit of context when i'm saying this and i and i said this before i think maybe the last time when it was just me and ryan recording but i'm not yeah. this like if it if blumkamp's film doesn't happen i'm great with alien 3 i think it's a great exit for her character it's a tragic yeah. end yeah. it feels it feels right for her um right. so if it doesn't happen i'm great with it so me saying all these things or us or whatever isn't like trying to figure out how can this film happen let's make it let's make it work with this information that we have i just think with the with the information that we've been given it doesn't make any sense that all of a sudden ridley scott's going to um then make this direct sequel to prometheus after the 10-year sequel to prometheus yeah yeah and they're, 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 they're already writing the book to take care of that yeah so that, that's, yeah that's great great point there's a there's a book coming out in september that's the story of shaw yeah. And yeah, David. So why would there be a movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just, that's, I uh, just think he left the. I think he left the cat out of the bag a little bit. And now it's just kind of PR. I agree. I agree. And even that Blomkamp tweet that we were discussing, someone said on that tweet, it said, "Actually, I'm right on our page right now. Let me just go and read it really quick." Um, because I, yeah. I, I think the language of the tweet was important. It was important to, um, to discuss. Where is it? Where is it? Coming up. Yeah, I chopped it. Oh, here it is. Bad. It says um, Max Schofield, Schofield, Scoville, or whatever, Scoville said he tweeted Neil Blomkamp said, I sort of hope at Neil Blomkamp's next movie is a super feel good vanilla rom com that also has mechs and energy weapons in it for no reason, um, which is kind of funny. And then Neil Blomkamp says, I, I did actually have an idea for something like this. It was more eggs and slime but than mechs, but yeah. But the guy said his next project. And then Neil Blomkin mm -hmm. says, I actually did have an idea for my next project. Right. So it's, to me, it's blurry. It's, and I think maybe it's Fox trying to say, drag him out, 
drag them out. Don't yep. answer this question. Um, play yeah. it down. Say it's a slim possibility. You know. Yeah, I think Keep, right now um, focus to be covenant. So yeah. you know they. Uh, oh yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Um, right now, that's their movie. That's you know that's the big big tentpole film coming out. Um, you know, keep keep uh, keep Bloomkamp's film. You know, on the on the down low, I guess, um, and just uh, you know, keep things coy. Don't say too much or say anything at all about it. We're focusing on Covenant, um, but I really, I mean, I really feel like we're gonna get some big news about it pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I just cannot see. Fox, you know, finally, or Fox putting this project, um, off, or just saying that it's dead now. I just, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. But, uh, but when it happens, um, I mean, we talked so many times. They have to get this movie done soon. Um, you know, Sigourney Weaver is going to be doing Avatar films for the next seventy years, so um, <laughs> you know, just be no time, <laughs> no time for her to do. Uh, you know, and she's. Uh, we talked multiple times about she looks great for her age. She can she can do this movie absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's it's but still. I mean, they got it. They got they got to take care of business and like get yeah. this thing done. Yeah. Uh, so and if also, they're going to do it. Yeah. And also uh, I think uh, with, we think about like Lucasfilm and Disney, Disney hasn't mentioned the last Jedi. I mean, we've had a, a title reveal. That's about it. Right. Um, a couple things here and there. Uh, maybe some, some questions about, um, you know, it was Carrie Fisher's role done and blah, 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 blah. But Disney has kept silent on The Last Jedi to let Rogue One play itself out, to be released, mm-hmm. to be promoted, to be released on Blu-ray, to be promoted. That's over. Celebration is this week. Um, this is when The Last Jedi takes center stage. I think Fox, if they're smart, and I think they are, um, they're doing mm-hmm. the same thing. They're saying this is, we can't take, we're not going to steal the fire from Ridley Scott excuse the Prometheus yeah. pun, um, and, uh, and <laughs> announce this other movie that, yes, people are excited about because that's not what we're focusing on. I don't even think on Alien Day, possibly maybe they would announce it on Alien Day. I don't think they would. No, it would, the focus it would is just going completely to, yeah, the focus is going confuse to, everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be um, Covenant until Covenant has yep. been released on, on Blu-ray, and I think probably maybe... I agree 100%. And maybe by the Blu-ray release, which will probably be in... September or October, then we'll get an announcement. Um, because you think yep. about Fox is opening up Alien Universe. But we haven't even really discussed this. And I know we're growing for about an hour, so I, I don't want to drag everyone out else out. But the Fox has opened Alien Universe for fans. Uh, they're doing Alien Day. It's a much bigger day than the, it was last year. They're really oh, yeah, it seems like they learned. Yeah, it's, it's great, great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I, just things to me are pointing to they have – other tricks up their sleeves. And also too, the big glaring news is that Ridley Scott next next Ridley Scott's next film is the battle of Britain. It's not yeah. an alien film, but Fox has already, um, contracted and reserved studios for the next alien film, which Ridley <laughs> Scott's even discussing. We have to get a role in this. We have to get a move on this. Yeah. So what's this film and who's directing it? 
It's actually called Aliens, the Battle of Britain. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they finally got to Earth. Finally got yeah. to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> catch outside. How about that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. <Yeah. laughs> or would it be impregnating um, inside? How about that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Battle on United Airlines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens versus memes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, that's probably the the bulk of what we were going to discuss. I mean, I think that. I think we're going to try and get another roundtable uh, recorded by so we can release that on Alien Day. We are. I am interviewing myself and Ryan are interviewing Tim Levin, who wrote um, Alien Out of the Shadows, the book, the series of books. Uh, we're yeah. interviewing him tomorrow, and we're going to release that on Alien Day. Um, I have been invited by people from Fox to go to the Fox lot on Alien Day, and I got a confirmation earlier today, which is great because I was nervous about it, uh, that I am going <laughs> and that they've RSVP'd me. And uh, it's going to be this live thing, a and a They're going to show stuff from Covenant and all sorts of things, which is really exciting. So I hope I get posters and shit. And uh, I'm going to try and uh, live, live, uh, live broadcast from the page while I'm there if they let me. Um, just so to let awesome. everybody know. Yeah, yeah um, very cool. And Congratulations, so man. Dave and yeah. Michael and uh, Ryan will all be taking care of the page and hopefully posting and doing all what we need to do for that while I'm and I'm mm-hmm. having a blast. Hopefully. We got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll let everybody know if I get some goodies, that's more than just for me. Why don't you, why don't you find him in charge? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Damon Lindelhoff will be there. I'm kidding. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are the plans. Um, that's all I have. What about you folks? No, oh, it sounds it sounds like a wrap. Yeah, it sounds good. When Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley. Last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off.